0: I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Thursday. Big Ben with a big session, let's give credit where credit's due. Taking five million less in cash, saving the Steelers fifteen million on the cap. This is Steelers' team in contention for the Super Bowl. Big news. Speaking of Super Bowls or potential, Seattle taking calls on Russell Wilson. Vegas is taking notice. Right now, Vegas odds say Russell Wilson will be with Seattle this season. Only sixty-five percent of the time. That means over a third of a chance. That he won't be with the Seahawks. Last night in the NBA, the 76ers beat the Jazz and Bede with 40. And Bede is now tied to win the MVP. Best odds with LeBron James. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas. Your host, RJ Bell.
0: The
1: the pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell.
0: You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Thursday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It's a big day today. I mean, the NFL just is the league that keeps on giving. (laughs) And Big Ben, as a Steelers fan, I got to say, I'm impressed. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox.
1: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have got core B- Q- QB news rather in the NFL. We've also got an all-star team being selected in the NBA. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday?
0: We've got a Steelers team that has a real chance to win the Super Bowl. And I think this, in fact, I know this move by Big Ben helps those chances greatly. That is the Vegas lead.
1: Yeah, and as expected, the Steelers and quarterback Ben Roethlisberger came to terms on a new restructured contract. It's going to free up space for the Steelers this upcoming season. Ben Roethlisberger taking less cash, but he will be behind center next season for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Okay, so some people say, and I think it's wrong, but some people say, R.J., you are tough on the players. And I think about it and I say, I don't see that. I know that I've got my way of thinking, and my way of thinking is, you know, pretty basic. A deal's a deal, and everyone should be fair to each other, but there's rules, and, you know, we can sit, and I can try to characterize it all, or I could say, let's look at this example. Big Ben was up playing for $19 million. That was what the contract said. All the talk about $41 million, that was Pittsburgh year after year. In years past, saying, kick the can down the road. The salary cap does matter in the NFL, but just like in real life, if you got a payment due, you can either pay it, or you can put it on a credit card. And you know what? In theory, you're going to pay that credit card off in the future, if you don't go bankrupt, and you're going to pay more. There's an expense to delay the pain. Pittsburgh, and I think it's been smart, has delayed that pain, because they figured, look, we've got... A Hall of Fame quarterback. We've got a good defense. Why have a, a year in cap hell now? Let's have it down the road when it doesn't mean as much. New Orleans is a good example of that. In theory, this is going to be a difficult year for the Saints because with the end of Breeze, they've kicked the can down the road, trying to give Breeze and the team every chance to win another title. It hasn't worked. And now here comes the pain, as Mr. T would say. Steelers, have kicked the can down the road. Now, they've decided to kick the can again. And this $15 million of savings this year comes at a cost down the road. The question is, was now the time to take the pain? Because chances are they lose multiple free agents. Juju Smith-Schuster, likely gone. Their left tackle, likely gone. Another lineman, likely gone. Um, Bud Dupree, likely gone. Now, again, this could all be... Uh, maybe we're wrong about that. Maybe they sign a few of these guys. I don't think they really have much ability to do that with the cap. But otherwise, the team should be able to stay intact with Big Ben coming back, effectively playing for fourteen million dollars. Now, Marcus Mariota had a ten, or has a ten million dollar contract with a bunch of incentives that even if he started every game would probably bring him to twenty. Now, who's the better quarterback? I know we can look at Big Ben's bad games and say that's the truth. Or we could look at the fact that he was potentially, well, he was certainly in the MVP conversation. I don't think it was smart to have him in it, but he was when they were 11-0. And he did throw in his last game for 500 yards. It wasn't efficient. But how many guys walking the earth can throw for 500 yards in an NFL playoff game no matter what? Not 32. There's not 32 of them. So, Pittsburgh, in my opinion, has done the right thing here as a Steelers fan, as an analyst of the NFL. Both separately, I'll say I like it. I am very much impressed by Big Ben. Now, you could say, well, what's his choice? If he gets cut, yeah, Pittsburgh doesn't get to kick that can down the road. They still got the $21 or so of cap hit this year, and they don't have Big Ben, but they're not paying a dead quarterback, you might say, or a dead-armed quarterback. Yeah, I get that both sides benefited, but Big Ben could have went somewhere else and made 14 or more. I'm pretty sure of that, even if it's just a team looking to get someone to draw fans in. The fact that he said, I will meet you in the middle, to me, is an adm- admirable. And it's something you don't see a lot of NFL players do. And as a Steelers fan, it makes me happy in addition to the practical realities. Pittsburgh benefits from this, and I think Big Ben's legacy benefits from this. Jonas, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, I like it. And I look at last year, and I don't think the problem was Ben Roethlisberger on offense. The problem was they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't run the ball. They were the worst rushing offense in the NFL. And I... I know we can look at just the ending of the season and we can just focus on how they finished up and the bad loss to the Cleveland Browns. But at one point in a pandemic, this team was 11-0 and and they were 11-0 and with no bye week, really, because of what happened against the Tennessee Titans and the shortened week. And then they find out midweek it was their bye week. And I just looked at it and said, OK, if you could fix the running game. And if you could fix the offensive line, and those are big ifs where they're at cap wise and and what's going on there, can you win games with Ben Roethlisberger? Well, you won 11 without a running game and without, you know, the offensive line they were used to. So I I didn't think he was the problem. And the fact that he's willing to take less money to come back after having that type of season off a really major surgery in which they had to do something that had never that a quarterback had never come back from. I don't know. I I was pretty impressed with his year.
0: So, and it's a small thing, but I think they won 12, right? Because they had the 11 straight, then they beat Tennessee to kind of lock things up. And then in theory, they don't play the, you know, they won 12 of 15. Because the last game, they didn't play their starters, and they almost won that. But if we're going to give Kansas City a break, and even after Pittsburgh hit the downers, whatever you want to call it, they did beat a Tennessee team that was fighting for their playoff lives, and they went into Buffalo. And played about as good a first half against the Bills, defensively especially, as anyone has against the Bills. Now, the second half, they got tired. And we can debate that. I think Jonas brings up a great point, which is Pittsburgh had a bum deal. And it, Listen, it's pandemic year. Whatever happens, whatever they got to do, they did, you know, the league. And I applaud them for it, net-net, getting through the Super Bowl. But Pittsburgh got a bum end of the deal with the lack of bye week. Right. So, to me... I think Pittsburgh is going to be worse. I think last year's team, in a perfect storm, could have. They certainly could have made the Super Bowl. They, you know, they could have won it, but they were not supposed to win it. This next year, I don't think we should lose sight of. They're better off, I think, because of this deal, but they're still significantly less of a team. And that O line. Now, this is the paradox. On one hand, we could say oh, lost two of the five on the O line. That's a problem. On the other hand, we can say. Hmm, that O-line wasn't all that good anyway. Maybe some fresh blood in there is going to be a good thing. I kind of tend towards the first. I think it's hard to just say you're going to take a left tackle that's going to go out on the market and make some real money and think you're going to improve upon that, picking in the 20s. Maybe, but it's going to be a long shot. But it brings up one last point. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. I am about as dollars and cents as anyone this side of Fezzik. (laughs) Now he's more so, but, yeah, almost as much as anyone. I still think, you know, right here in FSR, Colin was talking about uh, the Roonies made a mistake. and uh, and again, this was a day or two ago. And it was like, um, they gave in to nostalgia. And I see that. I see that 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 generally, at some point, you turn the page. But I also think the following: what are we gaining as fans this is not this is an economic endeavor for the teams it's not for me I'm not making any money from the Steelers I mean I might make money if I bet against them or bet on them but they're not helping me do that it's it's to me it's the joy of watching the games and it's the joy of rooting for your team especially if it connects you with your childhood and all of that and you know what Seeing a team die slowly, it's, it's, its ability to win over year after year, I get why you wouldn't want that. Maybe Larry Bird and Parrish and Mikhail, that was what we saw with the Celtics, if you're a little older. But to give a guy a dignified last year when you probably aren't going to do any better anyway, meaning who's this quarterback that's better than Big Ben, right? Is it really going to be, uh, I mean, Fitzpatrick? Maybe, but boy, it's borderline. Is it going to be Jimmy G? Yeah, maybe, but you're not getting Jimmy G for free, and Jimmy right. G's costing you 25 or whatever, right? So, to me, and Jonas, let me just pose this to you. Forget the nostalgia, which I think matters a little bit. What could be the reasonable, better solution for Pittsburgh if they are ruthless and say, Big Ben, you're gone. Who is a viable candidate right now?
1: I don't know that there is one. And and just at where they're at, you know, Dwayne Haskins is there. I mean, come on. That's a well, that's reclamation project. Uh, ma- you know, Mason Rudolph. Who the hell knows what, what uh. you've got in Mason Rudolph. Well, I, I think we I, know we don't got well, much. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. You've got a couple of choices. You can either be really good or you can at least be entertaining. And I'm going to be entertained to see Ben Roethlisberger go out at his age and know that guy is going to do what so few quarterbacks, including Tom Brady, have been able to do, and that's play their entire career with one team and finish up with that one team.
0: Well said. The Pittsburgh Steelers' greatest quarterback of all time is Big Ben. And I grew up in Terry Bradshaw jerseys, all right? This is the better, this is the best. And he is Pittsburgh. And that's the thing. If you're from the, you know, I get, listen, Vegas is a transitory city. People come and people go. This town will eat you up, I promise. And some people stick, and I'm proud I have. But the reality is, if you grew up anywhere but a New York, an L.A. maybe, and even L.A. and New York, there's people that are so into their city, right? It's the transplants that aren't, right? They come in, they don't care. Where's the next job? I'll go there. And I get it. I'm not saying everyone's got to have roots, but if you got roots, it matters. And to me, if you're the Roonies, why do you own the Steelers? You could turn that into billions of dollars. Why? Because it should add to your life. And the idea of another quarterback maybe being mad. But, you know, Bradshaw and the Steelers have been on the outs pretty much since Chuck Noll in 83 when he left. And I can still remember his last pass. It was against the Jets. I can remember. It was a touchdown pass. He hit his elbow. And that, I think it was 83. And that was it. And I don't know what happened that caused him to be mad at the Steelers. But Big Ben is Pittsburgh in a way. And I'll tell you this. The guy whines sometimes. Or he, he likes the attention, no doubt. But I've never seen a tougher quarterback. I've never. And to, to you agree with that, Jones? he's. Uh,
1: I mean, now he he likes to let everybody know how yeah, tough. Yeah, no he doubt. Is. You know, there 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 is a little element of uh you know professional wrestler Hulk Hogan making the yeah. comeback in a match type thing. But yeah, he's played through some some legitimate hits and
0: injuries through the course of his career. I mean, this was five, last one story five or six years ago. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bow is Big Ben got his ankle turned Where literally on the sidelines. You literally saw it touch his calf. I mean, it li- and I'm thinking he's out for the season. It's like week six. It's like two minutes left and a half. He, he gets taken in a cart back to the locker room. Halftime comes. It's like Big Ben's warming up. I'm like, what's going on? He played <laughs> on one leg. I mean... Look at the I can't remember the game. I should find it. He's limping. I mean, I'm not talking after the play and he starts limping. He's like got his he's in the shotgun with a foot up in the air just an inch, so he's not putting pressure on it. And he plays the whole second half. I swear to God, <laughs> Mr. I don't like players. I've never seen anything like it. And you know what? Pittsburgh prides himself on that kind of thing. And Amen. I grew up an hour from town and and I think it's it's meaningful. Exactly what Jonas said. Last word, Jonas.
1: Well, and and the thing about Pittsburgh is if anybody's ever been there, it's a Steeler town through and through. Like, I'm yep. I'm a Penguins fan. I grew up a Penguins fan. Oh, okay. They, they, they've won a lot of Cups and have had a lot of all-time great players, and it's a great hockey town. They, they don't sniff the Pittsburgh Steelers when you're in that town. It is all Pittsburgh. You come through the tunnel. First thing you see is Heinz Field and all the yellow seats, the terrible towels, everything. And Roethlisberger, if you just – if you showed his picture right now and said, who's, the, who's he the quarterback of? Just his picture right now and the way that he looks. I don't think you get too many far guesses down before you go, oh, that's a Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. There's just something about it.
0: <laughs> in a way, you've got to understand, and, and this has been lost, I think, because it's been a long time ago. Pittsburgh pre-1970 was the worst franchise of Steelers in the NFL. They had never won a championship. Think about it: from 1930, whatever, till 1974, 75, they never won a championship. No other team had not won one. Even the teams we laugh at now won one. You know, back in the 50s or whatever, right? Like the Browns, or they won many of them. Pittsburgh never did. Art Rooney Sr. was a guy people loved, but he wasn't a serious bit. He won the Steelers at the racetrack. The money that he won at a track once, I think it was like $3,200, <laughs> he bought the Steelers with. True story. And then Chuck Noll came. Mean Joe Green came in 70. And then by 74, 75, they beat Minnesota at Super Bowl IX. And it was amazing because it was in—now, I was too young to remember, but it was at the time— And the real thing to connect to is the 80 Winter Olympics and the Miracle on Ice. There's a reason if you're younger, that was so big. It was the country felt oppressed. The Iranian hostage crisis was going on. President Carter. And it really, and I was like eight years old, but it really was like this, like uh, a cloud over the country. And then when they're in, the Russians were the competition, right? And we won that game, Miracle on Ice. Do you believe in miracles? Pittsburgh itself was feeling the depression even before that because steel was dying. It was a steel town. It wasn't a a fantasy. It was like most people were, or a lot of people were steel workers. And the Steelers started winning at a time when the town started going downhill and the town got emotionally connected in a way that I think is what sports can do in, in a wonderful way. So to me, that lingers. You know, it wasn't the case before. You know, pre seventy five, but it lingers, and to me, it it's given the city an identity. I mean, think about it, if you go um Pittsburgh, and even if you're a guy that's not a big sports fan, how many things down the list are you going to say before the Steelers? I mean, if the Steelers aren't the first one, it's the second one, right?
1: It's not the Pirates. I can tell you that. Oh, I,
0: but I'm saying it's, it's not Carnegie <laughs> Mellon University. Right. It's not Pitt. It, it could be anything, right? Duquesne, but it's, it, Yeah, none yeah, of those. Or, or it's not going to be a certain—like, I hear Cincinnati. I think Skyline Chili, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? So we've all got the things we think about. And I can't—you know, I'll, I'll tell one last quick one. Is I actually was lucky enough to be at the Super Bowl against Arizona when they won. And that was the amazing throw Big Ben made to Holmes in the corner. I mean, it just gutsy. And there was a dude who was maybe 65, 70, big belly on him. And he had a homemade t shirt. I saw he was walking up the steps and it said Super Bowl 9, 10, 13, 14, 30, and 40. Yeah, it was, no, it was 95. And, yeah. 30 and 40, dot, 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 I was there. And it's like, it's, think about that. That guy's like 65 <laughs> years old, and he had gone to every Super Bowl, and he had a homemade short, shirt to set it, and he was at that one. And you know what? I don't know what life's supposed to be, but, you know, in the eyes of other people, but I know that for that guy, the Steelers were part of it. And to me, Big Ben is part of that. And I'm happy that he's got that last year. And I'm also happy that it works for the team. I like nostalgia, but I like practicality. The closing word, Jonas.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. and And I think that division's an interesting one because two things can be true. I think that the Steelers are going to be a good football team, whether they're going to be as good as last year, who knows. But I think there's also a chance that that they're going to miss the playoffs just based on the competition in
0: that division. It's going to be fun to watch. I'd say they're going to be better than 8-8 eight, or eight eight better, at least with Tomlin. So when we come back, and i got to be honest, this is the worst I've seen. Something this show started with, and it involves Dak Prescott, has now become s- seemingly in 48 hours – the assumed conversation I'm not going to make any accusations but I kind of am with a wink when we come back.
1: He's R.J. Bell I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio Straight out of Vegas Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
0: I disagree with I I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
1: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look at a busy offseason at the quarterback position in the NFL.
0: Yeah, wrapping up Big Ben McKenzie in pregame.com research found the exact game I was talking about where he was hurt. It was the uh, December 2011 game against the Browns. And uh, there's a quote from uh, the D end Kiesel, that talks about just how, the, how tough Big Ben is. It's like he's got a broken thumb. Who knows what's wrong with his ankle, but we're a very good team with him behind center. I mean, this is De'Anne talking about how tough he is. And in that second half, Jonas, the dude throws for 178 yards on one leg. 178 in the second half against the Browns. Whew. Was, that the, uh, fl-
1: was that the year they went to the Super Bowl against Green Bay, or was that the year after?
0: You know, that, that's interesting. That would have been the year after, because okay. that, that was the 10-11 season. Gotcha. This would have been the 11-12. Uh, don't, please don't remind me of that game. I, you know, I don't <laughs> want to make a beat. No. <laughs> this, is, this is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus, and we thank you so much for the support, and we're going to keep working extra hard to keep the winners coming. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 67 degrees. The neon is flowing. Countdown is on. What will the Dallas
1: Cowboys do with Dak Prescott, R.J.? A conversation that was being had earlier today on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Okay, Jonas, now here's what we know about you. You are a political animal. You don't seem like it. You seem all shucks, gee whiz. But you're never—you're always worried, not worried. You're always conscientious, not to offend, not to be too hot takey. But to some degree, hopefully, and I think this is true, your first principle is truth—truth truth over anything else. And then from there, if you can be truthful, you try to be as nice and politically, you know, fine as possible. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I don't like liars. That's yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, fun, All right. finally. Now. You're also not one to sell. Like me. Like a lot of co-hosts sell each other. Like I sell you a lot. You don't actually sell back very much. <laughs> you, you give a nice flat, you know, you give credit where credit's due, but you're not, you don't sell. So in a way, when you do say it, it's meaningful, right? Every couple of months you say something nice and it's meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> now that means if you tell us something, we take it seriously. I think the the listeners for sure. When I talked about a couple days ago, and really, quite frankly, for a long time, but it was really solidified a couple days ago, that it looks like Dak and his agent understood an inefficiency in the market, an inefficiency with, you know what, if you get tagged and tagged and then you're free, it ain't so bad. That was something that I had not heard anywhere else, even small, you know, show in a local market. I'm not saying it hasn't been said, I'm saying I haven't heard it. You consume a ton of media. Would you say that the straight out of Vegas spin on that was something fresh to you?
1: Yeah, cuz I hadn't heard the idea of they were okay with the franchise tag and letting it play out based on what what the finish line was going to look like for them afterwards.
0: And what I should say first is you never know how people hear things, meaning it's very possible a while back I said something that someone else had said and I didn't hear it or I heard it through somebody else. And, you know, again, it's not about saying someone's sitting, listening to it straight out of Vegas and transcribing every word we say and using it. I'm saying that coincidentally we'll say, and we'll put a little James Bond music on here. Coincidentally, in the last couple of days... All the way to the point, and again, we love him. But Colin leading his show with today, the idea that maybe Dak all along has been comfortable with this, conflu- or this uh, sequence of events. Did you happen to hear that today, John? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did it Did it ring a bell at any point? It sounded familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what was interesting was the day before. Um, Oh, who's the dude from Speak to Your... Or, uh, I'm sorry, the the the, the morning show uh, on um, FSR. First Things First? Yeah, yeah. Un- un- undisputed. No, First Things First. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Nick Wright. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I remember. And yeah. Nick was on Colin yesterday, and seemingly it was the exact same thing. So, I'm not saying Nick is, you know, I, I'm not... I mean, he follows me on Twitter. I'm not saying there's anything about that. I'm just saying we should be celebrating that we're, we're breaking ground here, right? And, and to me, I feel really good about that because we look at things in a different way and sometimes it catches on. And I'm proud of it. What about you, John?
1: Well, I think that's, you've got to take the victory lap. I had nothing to do with it. I am um, I work under the assumption that in the weekend overnights, uh, nobody listens to the show. So <laughs> I, I just assume nobody's going to take any of my takes and, and run with it. And if they do, it's purely coincidental. But that one you did have first only to have, uh, you know, Colin echo your sentiments a couple
0: of days Well, later. again, and who's to say if it was a producer of his listening to the show, you know, and no, listen, Colin is literally a genius at this. At talk radio, he is a genius. And to me, the most talented guy in talk radio. So that's the easy part. And I also know him personally. He's never one to do he's never done me wrong once. But I do feel good that somehow, some way, what we're doing is seeping out into the E, uh, into the ether in a way that seemingly about a 48-hour turnaround, it's out there prevalently. So we'll, <laughs> do, a te- we'll do a test next time we got something really fresh and see what happens. But I do think it bears repeating, and we're straight out of Vegas. I think we're starting to see now, all of us, or many of us, that there's a flaw in the system, that if a team or a player – is in, let's say, a quarterback, and let's say Dak in particular. And the thing about Dak that was a little different, and I'm not sure if this makes it better or worse for this. So I'm going to think it through as we're talking. Dak was not a first round pick. The thing you got to realize is first round picks have four years under contract and a fifth year option, team option, that has to happen before year four. So last year when Trubisky, the Bears did not pick up his option, and thus now this is his fourth and final year under contract, right? So there's that that kind of thing where if you do pick up the option, then that 50 year is locked in at like 20 it was like recently it's been like 23 or twenty four million for quarterbacks. Yeah. and then but the thing that makes it, and this is what Baker Mayfield and the Browns are going to be facing. Do they sign him to a long-term deal, or do they just execute the option and go from there? And, uh, and then sign the deal later. What happened with Goff? What happened with Wentz was they did they skipped the option and just signed the extension right after year three, right? But with a non first round pick, that year four is the there is no fifty year option. So it was that fourth year that Dak had one year of real pain that he was going to be a, an elite quarterback but only make about two million dollars. Now again we could say only, uh-huh, but again at that level. It's not a lot of money, right? Yeah. So Dak toughed it out. Now, how did he tough it out? Well, he made a lot of money from endorsements, but we also don't know, and I think we're going to find out that he could have got insurance on getting hurt and then got a loan off the insurance. So imagine that you take the money from your endorsements, you get insurance on getting hurt in year four. Now let's say you got a 70 million dollar policy. Now you take a loan off the policy and you live okay. You know, you live like you made 10 million. But then after that, he was home free cuz there's no 50 year option. So last year the worst thing that was going to happen, the worst thing was he would get 31 32 million. This year the worst thing is he makes 38. Oh, that's horrible. And then most likely he's free. And as we said, he will be the most powerful player in the history of the NFL for one decision where it's an elite top 10 quarterback that is truly free. Not at the end of his career like Peyton Manning with a neck question. Not Kirk Cousins, who wasn't elite in, any, in people's minds. He might have become that or not. We can debate it, but he wasn't. Dak is the best quarterback in his prime to be totally free in this modern era. Do you agree with that, Jonas?
1: Yeah, because the only other comp would be the Kirk Cousins comp, as, as we've talked about. And Kirk Cousins is not the quarterback Dak Prescott was at that stage of their career. The,
0: the, the Washington didn't want him. He was yeah. so not that, yeah. right? Yeah. So to me, it's one of those things in which where was the pain? Why wouldn't people do this? And what I speculated on, players, you know, like at Dak, what I speculated on, it was the combination of not having that 50 year option. And the agent coming in and saying, hey, and we talked about this at length earlier in the week, this is an agent that's known for ag- aggressiveness. And he also started an agency, Jonas, you can uh, fill in the blanks here, in which it was kind of a player empowerment type player first situation.
1: Yeah, and he was with uh, CAA, which is you a know, very powerful agency, yes. uh, Todd France, and then left there, and they're you know part of the group that, under the umbrella, you've got Aaron Rodgers and you've got Deshaun Watson and you've got all these other. Now, they're not represented exclusively by Todd France, but it's under that same umbrella. And you start to look at some of the players there like a Jalen Ramsey and you go, OK, some of these feel like the same similar type of really hard negotiations to get their player exactly what they want out of the next contract they come up
0: on. And the idea of doing something bigger than yourself. And I think what we're going to find out is, and again, this is speculation, is that there was a sense to, hey, Dak, you do this, you're going to blaze a trail for those behind you. Because I do find it interesting, as I've dug into this even more, is the idea that last year, as the season started, they thought they had a handshake deal. And it was when Dak got hot and started, you know, and this is something... That was on FS1 also, where on Undisputed, um, Skip was talking about this, where they thought there was a deal in place, and then Dak had a couple good games and he's backed away. My question is maybe there was never a deal that Dak was gonna sign. He just wanted to look like he was negotiating in good faith with an eye towards freedom, and now he's $138 million year away from total freedom because they can't franchise him next year. It's financially impossible. Be sure to
1: catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the Fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: It's our final break, and we've got some NBA before the All-Star break. How do teams play this last game? We know the teams that win a lot and lose a lot in this specific situation. we got the history. You can benefit from it next.
1: And he's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Right out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you,
1: the fan. And, and R.J., the last games before the All-Star break in the NBA are later on tonight before the All-Star team's matchup this weekend in Atlanta.
0: Boy, Embiid and the Sixers, baby. Embiid with a monster. And let's be clear about this. I felt like, and we had the under in that game for Embiid. He blew past it. I felt like that... Utah would be a tough matchup for the Sixers. In fact, I thought Embiid was maybe trying to avoid it. The last time he sat out recently against the Jazz, what a monster game. And it obviously made a statement. Right now, LeBron is tied with Embiid for the MVP. And they're the two clear favorites. And the Joker's way back at third. So were you impressed by Embiid?
1: I've been impressed all season by him. Uh, It feels like they've gotten to the point to where him and Ben Simmons either came to some sort of a an agreement that, look, there's been reports that those two guys didn't get along all the time, that they didn't play well together. And the one thing Doc Rivers has been able to do, at least up until last year with the Clippers, is coach. Big-time egos, big-time superstar players. He's always been able to do that. He did it in Boston, did it for a while with the Clippers, did it with Tracy McGrady in Orlando. It seems like he's been able to find some sort of a, a, a chemistry between these two, and Embiid is one of the MVP favorites, one of the MVP candidates that people look at and go, that's the guy who might take it home at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, and again, Embiid's gotten a lot of heat. And for you know being out of shape or different things, and I think it's important to give credit <laughs> where credits due. He's playing a hell of a game, and that Nets Sixers, oh, I'd be a battle. It'd oh, be yeah. a battle, and I think Jones, you make a great point. The talent it takes, like with the Brad Stevens as a coach, to coach normal players, good players, and get the most out of them, is different than navigating superstars. Or one superstar is tough, but multiple potential superstars in a team, and they're young, especially young, it's tough. And uh, let's give credit where credit's due. Uh, It seems like Doc is uh, well-suited for that. Um, Utah, I think you could start saying, oh, they're coming back to Earth. But remember, they are three games up as the best record in the West. And, and this is interesting, Utah had the second hardest schedule up to this point. So they're winning the most games. They've had the second-hardest schedule. From here through the end of the season, Utah has the second easiest schedule. So whatever the level of difficulty was initially, it's gotten. It's going to get a lot easier based on strength of schedule. Clippers tonight, without Kawhi, he's out. Clippers favored by six at Washington. And it's interesting, this falls into that trend we lost with recently, which is the Clippers, off a of loss, tend to really focus and do well. But now they're off a second loss, and they actually don't do as well. So if you're looking to follow that trend, I don't like the Clippers tonight. In general, when they lose that first game, they're very good the second game. But when they lose two in a row, they tend to get off on a bad streak.
1: And uh, just looking at pregame.com right now, that line actually jumped up. The Clippers are now an eight-and-a-half-point favorite.
0: Holy cow! Yeah, so that I'm looking at our screen. Our screen must not be updating. Wow. Okay. So is that you think? I mean, Kawhi might be starting then. I
1: I, I don't I don't know that that's pretty. Puzzling. That's a big move. I mean, especially when you consider Bradley Beal, and and I'm assuming Bradley Beal is going to be playing in this game. Um, just the performance he's put on at certain points during this season, he's been awesome, leading the league in scoring. But eight and a half seems like a lot for the Clippers on the road,
0: especially without Kawhi. So here's what I'll say. And you can obviously check on the details of that game. But here's what I'll say. This season, more than any other in the NBA, the energy and enthusiasm of the teams is vital. Because it is a slog. It is relentless in a way off of the bubble into here that the teams that have passion and joy and motivation are doing better. They always do better. But they're doing better by a greater degree than in prior years. And I think the game before the All-Star break, history tells us, some of the good teams get complacent. And thus, I would say tonight, if you're looking at these games, which teams do you think are going to play with passion? I think that's worth even more than it typically is. Enjoy the all-star break. Jones, a pretty good show, I think.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And if you missed any of the show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com for a look at the restructuring of the Ben Roethlisberger contract in Pittsburgh and what it means to the Steelers. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Right out of-